The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined with our guest super producer, Max Gerking Williams. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Last week, uh, we gave a sneak peek of our audio book. You can hear uh, part of an entire chapter for free with three mystery missing minutes. But now, this Thursday, we are back with one of our favorite segments in the show, Listener Mail, where we get to hear from you, our fellow conspiracy realist. Just going to be 100% candid here, folks. Uh, it's, it, this is going to be a, a little bit of a punchy one. I don't know about you guys as far as a quick check-in, uh, which we usually do before we go on air, but uh, whew, I am uh, I'm feeling it today. How about you guys? Feeling good? Feeling great? How are you? I'm feeling the joy, feeling the love, feeling the pain. I try to be open to all the feels. Doing good, Yassine. Uh Yeah, feeling feeling good. <laughs> Do, doing good, Yassine. <laughs> Isn't that from uh, most of Oh, Yassine Bay. yeah. Oh, you know I, what? I it's such it an old phrase. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, formerly known as most death. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to ask ourselves, uh, what is a fact uh, we're going to talk about a meta conspiracy on the part of the powers that be, which I think will be apropos to many of us listening along today at home. 
But maybe first we start with uh, something that I think really, really stood out to you, Matt. Uh, something you you had asked me about this off air if I had heard of this thing, and I and I had, and we have one of those lovely conversations where it gets to the point that we have to stop and say, "Dang, we should be recording this." I feel like never once have I brought something to your attention, Ben, and you have not heard of it. I swear. Uh, I can't surprise you with anything, Bolin. That's okay. Here we go, guys. This is a message from Chief. Hey, guys. So I was watching the news the other night, and I came across a story that mentioned a company by the name of ShotSpotter. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about this company before, but what they do is they place microphones, 20 to 25 microphones per square mile, in a city with the intent of identifying, locating gunshots. My worry is who has access to those microphones and what are they listening to when there are no gunshots? Found a report by the ACLU that's pretty interesting. Uh, figured you guys would be interested in it because it raises some pretty interesting um, privacy questions. Um, look out, uh, security state, police state already here, not incoming. You guys have a great day. Once again, uh, feel free to do with this what you will. Chief out. Man, this really rings a bell. I almost think I've heard about it on my um, my weird ring doorbell opted in automatically neighborhood report. Um, mm, that I don't would know. actually make uh, a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Because ShotSpotter, if anything, is an integrated system. That's what it's designed to do. Work with all the other stuff that's already in place. Yeah, it's leveraging existing infrastructure. It wants to be kind of uh, bundled with every other possible uh, surveillance tool used by law enforcement. And then, of course, private entities, private companies. Uh, the, the surprising thing here is, you know, they've been around in the background for quite some time. I think they started in the 90s, which might surprise a lot of people. Um, Matt, how would you uh, describe the system overall? Do you think people are happy with it? Do you think it effectively triangulates these sounds? Do you think it saves lives? Well, the the tech is super cool. Let's start there. The Chief describes it really well. A bunch of microphones that are concentrated within a square mile, right? And often there are multiple square miles that have the system in place. And then that means you've got I don't know. I mean, think about how many mics that is, guys. 20, 20 microphones per square mile. Then let's say, how you know, if you think about how big Atlanta is, maybe a certain sector of Atlanta, let's just say Midtown Atlanta, where our office is. Um, that's several square miles. Now, if a gunshot occurs anywhere in within that grid system, each one of those microphones is going to pick it up because of the nature of the loudness of a gunshot. And just like triangulation, the way it works with GPS, if you've got one device and it can get pinged by three different places or three different um, cell phone towers, you can tell where that device is by measuring the distance from tower A, the distance tower B, and distance tower C, right? So you can figure out exactly where that device is in space and time. Similarly, with these microphones, or they call them acoustic sensing devices, I think, uh, you can triangulate a shot fired. Uh, that's really cool. I think that's neat. 
that you can do that. Um, it's all about the application of what are you using it for. And in this case, it seems like it's being used for a really good thing. Detect when shots have been fired so that uh, first responders, right? You're talking fire, you're talking ambulance, even police can show up to that place where shots were fired and hopefully help somebody who has been a victim of a gunshot, if that's the case. Or to, and, and this is the big selling point for Shot Sparter, you guys, to recover uh, ballistics. So recover the shell casings for a crime that's been committed, i.e. shooting a gun in a city. I got to say, yes, uh, fully agree with you about the potential there to save lives or to bring justice to victims of a crime. However, one of the issues is that uh, Shot Spotter doesn't leave this location just to the technology. Apparently, they also have modified alerts at the request of local law enforcement, and their uh, calculations have not been independently tested, at least as of 2021. So there, there are opportunities for some nefarious things to occur, or some certainly not above board things to occur. Why did I say not above board, below board things to occur? It sounds whichever. Weird. Anyways, <laughs> some distance from the board. Uh, you know, another thing too is a lot of other, uh, maybe not a lot, but other, some other cities like Chicago that have, have used this technology have uh, not renewed it because they said they didn't really have mm-hmm. the data to back up that it was successful. And, you know, I was going to sort of make a callous, bit of a callous point where it's like, isn't, you know, hearing going to the the idea of it saving lives going to the area of the gunshots after the gunshots have been fired sort of like getting an instagram ad for buying a boat after you've already just bought a boat like you're not going to save the life because the life has already been taken presumably or attempted to have been taken so you're identifying areas of of problematic you know behavior and stuff and then yes i agree with you about these the crime solving aspect uh, because i think one point that that uh, a spokesperson for the, the either the police uh, force or the company made was that people in certain neighborhoods that are high crime have become desensitized to gunfire and don't even call the police anymore well yeah i, I okay so there there's a lot there to to respond to the first thing is the uh uh alerting police when shots have been fired. Where I lived for a long time in Shambly, Georgia, there was pretty constant gunfire. You would hear shots fired a lot, but you would also hear fireworks going off at times when you wouldn't expect to hear fireworks going off. And Same it was here. very diff it was very difficult for me as just a regular old citizen who does hear both of those sounds quite often to differentiate between you know what are what's a series of fireworks then what actually was a 10 round clip that just got unloaded and often it did but i never once called the police to say hey shots have been fired somewhere near me in this part of shambly georgia never once did i do that and what they're saying with shots fired is you don't need anybody to report shots fired their system detects when a gun is fired and and so like you literally don't need anyone to report it which is a really good thing, but it's also a really bad thing, right? Because now you've got an automated system that is reporting things like that and sending police officers, theoretically, to a very specific location within, I think it's less than 90 feet, like a 90-foot feet radi- ninety foot radius of where this shot was fired. Which is impressive. 
You know, uh, it's definitely a helpful thing, has the potential to be so. It, it has been used, I believe, in many, many court cases by this point. Because again, the 1990s, pretty long time ago, right? We're talking 32 years ago. Uh, so we must assume that they have been working on this technology for the entirety of that time, right? They've been improving it, hopefully, uh, getting it down to that impressive 90 meter radi- 90 foot radius, rather. Um, but my question, Matt, is I feel like any question I know, you can already anticipate it. We're so on the same page about this. Uh, surveillance. Chief, you brought this up. I love how I love how you said it's not incoming. You're right. The surveillance state is already here. That's why places like ACLU are asking about this stuff, right? Because as I understand, the detectors once planted, once deployed, they don't turn off, uh, and they're also apparently much more frequent in minority communities. Oh yes, they they call them high crime areas. But I mean, you know, devil's advocate, I mean, if, if, if they are high crime areas and these gunshots are being detected there, is that really profiling if, if, if the data is, is real and, and isn't perhaps it a good thing for those areas to be more policed? Again, now I know, but depending on the quality and the caliber of the police, the people doing the policing, but I mean, you know, I recently watched this movie Barbarian, no spoilers, but it's great, watch it, but it, there is some social commentary in it about Detroit specifically, um, and you know, there are some areas where it's hard to get cops out, you know, like, like, because uh, they're, they're running all over the place, so maybe having more accurate data could help divide resources better, perhaps? I don't know. Yes, because you're because of the accuracy of deployment, right? That can be very helpful. The, there are so many problems with this, guys. Ben, you've, you pointed out some. Maybe it's worth doing a quick episode on this, uh, like a, spend a good 45 minutes on it, because uh, it, it's so expensive to deploy. It's $10,000 per square mile just to install the microphones to get them up and running. Then every year after that, it's over $60,000 per square mile to operate. And that has to do with who's listening, which is one of chiefs of their big questions. Who's actually listening to this stuff? Well, it's people who are going to work for ShotSpotter who, who get an alert that's like gunfire detected, right? And there is a series of short clips of this detected gunfire, I'm doing air quotes, from multiple microphones. And that person is trained or supposed to be trained to be able to detect whether it is actually a gunshot or a firework or something else. If it is a gunshot, what's the caliber that was shot? Is it a fully automatic weapon? Like how quick in succession were these uh, shots fired? And all kinds of other information about it, which then better equips law enforcement when they're going into a situation, right? To have that information. I want some transparency into how the tech works. Because, like, I think, you know, we're all interested in, like, audio processing and, like, you know, audio forensics. Like, if there's some sand to the way this tech works, I I would be interested. Like, what are they basing this on? Like, you know, if you have, like, a a Simply Safe home security system or any home security, this is not a Simply Safe ad, you have, like, glass break sensors. Those operate on sound. You know, they, they detect a certain frequency of sound and then they, they, you know, they know that it's not just the cat, you know, scraping the, you know, the, the hardwoods or something. Um, I'm wondering how they determine that 
it has to just be like they have samples and they're matching it up with the waveform, you know, to, to see if it, it hits a certain shape. I, I'm, just, I'm fascinated by the tech, but it doesn't seem like they're being particularly transparent about it. And I guess there's good reason. Could be like trade secret type stuff. Proprietary algorithms. Uh, there's probably some machine learning at this point to do a comp. But the the idea is that they're, um, they are having a human element in there right matt and that's that's something that chief is asking too essentially who watches the watchman right age-old question and it's one that usually has less than perfect answers i mean even if you just look at the the basics of shot spotter you'll see that it it's considered quite controversial in places like detroit places like chicago uh this is also i remember I haven't pulled it up here, but I remember ShotSpotter apparently uh, apparently tried to cut off some public records requests at the pass, the figurative past, and told their customers how to go about denying or redacting information they had to provide. And that's that's interesting to me because is that inherently sinister? It sounds it sounds like a cover up, but it also could just be them trying to like protect their processes as a company and then also protect officers, right? Because if you plan, like, look, I'm talked about devil's advocate earlier. Let me take us to a darker place. Someone knows how this stuff works and they, for some reason, want to target first responders, then it's very easy to set up an ambush and just deploy the right kind of ammunition, have a crew set up and waiting. I don't think that's happened yet, and I hope it never does, but there are problems with this. People have been falsely accused, and I think in a couple cases sent to prison because this thing, this technology identified that shots were fired at a particular location, and then uh, someone was picked up at that location and accused of shooting a gun. So you can imagine if you really wanted to pin something on somebody, you literally go to their where they live, and shoot a gun at that location. If shot spotter is active, then leave. And now police are going to respond to that exact area of shots fired. Right? That's scary to me. That's really scary to me. And they, as you mentioned already, the ACLU has a ton of problems with this. A bunch of other outlets have a ton of problems with this tech. And they are just open mics sitting there listening all the time, 24-7 in your neighborhood. If this is active where you live much in the same way the CCTV cameras are are working and the uh, neighborhood cameras are working and it is constant surveillance all the time. Well, we also we, we also know how imperfect those CCTV cameras can be or, you know, where it's easy to catch a hooded figure and then, you know, pin it on someone that's dressed similarly or something like that. So this has even less confirming data to back it up, wouldn't you say? Yes, but but it's so integrated. ShotSpotter can have the CCTV cameras in a certain area point to the scene of a crime, alleged crime, or where shots have fired. It can deploy drones in some cities exactly to where the shots were fired. It is, it is that creepy Orwellian stuff that I think we should talk about it more. But for now, uh, let's go ahead and take a break, hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll come back. We want to hear from you about this tech and what do you think and have you experienced it? But we'll be right back. 
Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we're back with a message from from you. Another message from you. Yes, you. This message comes from one of my favorite uh, nicknames in in a minute. Uh, Not a tweaker. Not a last name tweaker. Uh, And you'll understand. (laughs) You'll understand where this is coming from in just a second. Uh, It goes like this. Hey, guys and super producers. I should start off by saying I'm stone sober and have been for a long time. That statement will make sense in a moment. I have a question that I don't think you guys have covered. What is fact? Answer, in quotes, something that is known or proven to be true. Grass is green. Well, not to someone with an impairment or ailment of some sort. The walls talk is an absolute fact to someone suffering from many types of head injuries or mental health issues. Those examples could be chalked up to perspective, so I'll go a bit further. A day is 24 hours. An hour is 60 minutes. A minute is 60 seconds. What is a second? Well, a second is 186,400th of a day. So what is a day? You see how circular that is? What is time other than a myth we all agree to believe in? If these accepted quote-unquote facts are just beliefs, we all choose to indulge in my question remains. What is fact? Have fun with this thought. Not a tweaker. That's Nada with a K-N-O-T-T-A. Correct. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Nada. This is... This is, you're talking a little bit about tautology, a little bit about circular uh, thinking here. Uh, you're also pointing out something that I love, which is a lot of things that are accepted as normal 
are sort of accidents, legacies of the great game of telephone. Uh, tradition, I once again posit, is little more than peer pressure from the dead, right? But, but with a, I know that sounds a little hyperbolic, but um, the question about time, right? Why, why is an hour 60 minutes and not 100, right? Uh, it's a good question. And it goes back to the history of people trying to figure out a system upon which they could all agree. Why is the calendar in the West, the calendar the majority of the world practices in business, why is it, why is it 12 months? You know what I mean? You could, you, you could divide it any a number of ways. Uh, if you're talking about the basis of what is a fact, the definition, then the idea, not to sound too Ben Shapiro, is a fact is something that has self-evident actual existence. Gravity is a fact. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it, right? I've got some cool sunglasses. I'm dropping them. They're falling at the same rate all the time, even if I have an opinion that says they should not. Uh, but really what we're seeing is the limitation of human experience, I would say, because everything we know about physics and science shows us that the rules change when you get to very large or very, very small scales. So fact is just sort of what everybody thinks works. But even perspective, you know, the idea of perspective has a lot to do with it. I mean, you think about like, you know, let's say something is proven to be fact in a court of law, you know, that has a lot to do with perspective, even though, you know, they'll say that it has to do with, you know, just, just the, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, you know, but I mean, we know eyeball witness accounts, highly um, related to, to perspective. They can be um, skewed by certain biases, you know, and of course they try their best to make sure that the witnesses are credible and the jury members have no biases and things like that. But it's nearly impossible to, 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 you know, inhabit the mind of a human being that is not your own and understand, you know, what makes them tick um, outside of a few like, you know, ticking boxes on a questionnaire. So, I mean, you know, when you, when you have, when you start getting into facts, legally speaking, that really gets confusing because we also know, I mean, if someone is convicted of a crime, Time, uh, that is, is supposed to be based on fact. If that's the case, then how can it be overturned? Does that not point to the fallibility of, of the idea of fact, you know, and, and how little we should trust the idea of fact when it's based on a system uh, that involves so much perspective and so much bias and so many lies. And you literally have a, a, a person whose job it is to convict somebody, you know, no matter what. It's not always necessarily based on truth or fact or fairness. It's about winning. You know, I mean, really. I, I know that's For a little Charlie bit, Sheen know, not, of fact. Yeah, tiger blood. Uh, it's just, I know it's, it's a little bit nihilistic, and, but I just, you know, we see it time and time again that, that people, you know, there's a podcast that I worked on uh, several years ago called Murder in Oregon about a man who was accused, most likely falsely, of murdering this uh, high-ranking government official. Just got overturned, right? Correct, as of today. And uh, where, what, what, what does that say for those facts, you know? Um it's all very fallible, but, but Ben, to your point there, you know, scientific facts and things that we know will happen uh, upon repetition, you know, I think those are the closest things to 
hard, fast facts that we can ever really depend on. But so much, so much, so much else. When you start really dividing it up and chopping it up, it's real easy to lose confidence in the quote unquote facts. Matt, uh, you know, people. There are so many people that think that it's a fact to say that that Jesus Christ died for our sins, or that you know God is good and exists in in, in the sky, and that we're you know if you're a good person, you're going to heaven. To some people, that is fact, but it's it's patently unprovable. So that's faith. But they also would believe that it's fact because they have so much faith that to them it becomes fact. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Not necessarily on the religious angle, but just on the difference between faith and facts. To me, it comes down to who do you trust? What institution do you trust? Do you trust your friends, your neighbors, your Facebook group, your, you know, the scientific community that supports the scientists that you support and agree with? Uh, you know, do you trust the methodology of an experiment? You know, it's it's weird that in the end, the status of a fact comes down to trust. And we do, I think humanity finds ourselves in a weird place where we've lost trust in a bunch of things. So it's way harder to decide that this is fact or not. And it, is trust the same as faith? That's a good one. I don't know. To me, faith is believing in something that you have no way of proving you just know it in your bones but trust is more like believing something someone tells you based on your perception of their credibility i don't know it's a heady it's a heady subject and and and, and it's not just fun stoner talk i mean it really is the idea of the perception of everything we see when we go outside and like, what is, what is a day? How do we divide up our lives? Like what matters? What, what is futile? So many of these things are, are all based around the idea of facts and like what you choose to pursue. The only thing I know that is truly futile is resistance. It's fair. It's fair. Tell that to the invaders or the way they'll tell that to you before they shackle you in their craft. What do y'all think? Let us know. I mean, this is a fun one. Write us at, you know, conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com or uh, on the Facebook group. Um, what do you think facts are? Uh, is, is it up for debate? Uh, are we overthinking this? Um, I don't think so. But maybe that's even overthinking it. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break and then come back with one more piece of listener mail. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have returned. Uh, Guys, I will keep this one super quick. We have a message from A-Frame, which brought up something that I believe we had talked about in the past. I have a pet theory that I recently discussed on a... uh on a different Facebook page that um, to me makes a lot of sense. It's about those more kind of, you know, out there conspiracy theories, you know, you're flat earthers, indigo children, um, hollow earther, you know, that kind of like kind of just kooky stuff that doesn't really make much sense. And when um, I think about it, I think that that kind of theory is, propagated by the powers that be in order to make the act of questioning the government seem ridiculous. Um, like, oh yeah, you are, you think that um, Iran-Contra is worse than they like to say it was, that means that you probably also think the earth is flat, etc. Um, that's not necessarily the best example, but that's my point with the more um, out there, easily disproven theories that the reason those remain so popular is to keep um, the more realist view of it out of the public favor. And that about sums it up without just repeating the same point. So thanks for the show. I love it. Um, found you guys when you were guests um, behind the bastards. And after that episode, I was like, I like these guys a lot. So um, thanks for what you do. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, A-Frame. This is something we've talked about in the past. What uh, what do you guys think? Do you think governments might purposely propagate conspiracy theories? Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that what PSYOPs is? I mean, to a degree, is about like spreading misinformation for the benefit of your own personal agenda or your own, you know, uh, national agenda. It works really well to discredit a leader you don't like. Yeah, agreed. We also know that uh, there's a common misconception that the FBI coined the term conspiracy theory. That is not true, but it is true that they certainly used uh, manipulation of the media in the wake of the JFK assassination uh, to instruct all papers and broadcast stations of note to refer to anything that didn't fit the official narrative as a conspiracy theory. It's also an ongoing joke on Reddit. If you enjoy reading every like few months, you guys know this, uh, someone will post some version of the following question. What conspiracy theories do you believe may actually be true? And inevitably, there's somebody who comes in and says, 
that this red I believe this Reddit post keeps coming up because governments want to know how much we know. Uh, and that's I think meant in the spirit of a chuckle. Uh, but but I feel like it's absolutely plausible. You know, we talked about how propaganda is conspiratorial in some ways, right? And the U.S. has propaganda abroad and domestic. Um, we also know that, like you said, Matt, um, this can be very effective when wielded against an opponent in a space of information control, right? Like conspiracy theories about people of the Jewish faith are very, very prevalent in parts of the Middle East, right? And on the rise in uh, in parts of East Asia as well. Um, Conspiracy theories about the U.S. government are incredibly popular in North Korea. No surprise. And it's not like the people who are falling for some of these are any in any way unintelligent they're just working with the information they have at the time and also in the case of the u.s the u.s has done a lot of dirt over the years so it's we talked about this in the past like it's quite you know i hate to say it this show is all about exercising critical thought but if someone comes to us which happens quite often and pitches an idea of the u.s government or some faction thereof conspiring to do something at this juncture, the three of us don't immediately say no <laughs> at this point. You know what I mean? So, for instance, you will see governments spreading conspiracy theories in the ancient past and in the modern day. Like, uh, I, I would ask you, uh, like, Matt, do you think Russia is propagating conspiracy theories to support the conflict in Ukraine? God, that's a really softball. I did a terrible job with that question. I mean, I think, I think the, I think the West is doing the exact same thing to, to support their stance of, you know, soft diplomacy and tactics to try and push Russia after Crimea. And then it kind of backfired a little bit, or maybe it's working out exactly how they want. I think those kinds of theories that get floated around and put on social media on purpose by government agents uh, I, I think, I don't know, I, I, I know that that's real because <laughs> I've seen it and anyway, it's been proven that, that federal funds go to this kind of thing. So it's not just Russia doing it. No, no, there are very few good guys left. I mean, I would also say, uh, to your point, a frame, it's not just governments in general. Right, we can accept that all governments will, as rational actors, use any means available to kind of exert their goals, and often the goals that they are chasing um, inherently require damage to other actors. Right, states are very self-centered. You know, if any any state you can imagine, yes, including Bhutan, uh, any state you can imagine, if it were a person, would be a pretty bad person in terms of their behavior. Uh, and that's again not a ding. Governments are governments are a big part of the way the world works. And corporations aren't immune either. Of course not. I, I just feel like if, if if anyone's got this tactic in their playbook, then, you know, logically speaking, any, any opponent to that government or uh, or company or hacker group or whomever it might be is, is going to have to play just as dirty. 
There's, there's no way. There's no two ways around it. If people are using misinformation or disinformation as a tactic or strategy, then what do you think? The truth will set you free. That's. I mean, no. You have to be just as dirty. That's the only way. And I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying it's how it works. So I think for us to believe that, you know, the, 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 the acts that we see other quote unquote bad actor governments or whatever, you know, doing that we're somehow immune to on, on our shining castle on the hill. I think that's just silly to think. Yeah. It's, I mean, to the point about uh, corporations, uh, which are reading my mind there, Matt, too. Uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite recent urban legends or internet legends is not proven, but there has been this long-standing conspiracy that Walt Disney was uh, frozen, his entire body, or his head was frozen, uh, with the hopes being that he could one day be resurrected. That's not the conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory that's interesting is this. It's the idea that Disney made the movie Frozen and named it Frozen so that when people search Disney Frozen they would stop running into that story about Walt Disney being frozen. Instead, they would run into the movie. Um, it is, I, I don't know about the motivations, but it's true that that, that has um, ascended in search. You're going to see references to the film if you Google or use your search browser of choice to search uh, frozen Disney. Hell, they doubled down and made frozen too. Talk about muddying the waters there. It isn't quite the same thing, but we also see um, more closer, I think, to what we're talking about here. Um, A-frame is the the character assassination smear tactics used by big oil or big tobacco when they want to discredit a scientist, right? Or they want to discredit a politician. You can, I mean, we have said this point before. Uh, the danger of using of weaponizing the phrase conspiracy theory is that it makes some it, it draws a false equivalency between some patently untrue things and some very real, very dangerous things. You know, I mean, it's just like you're describing. It's very convenient. It's insidious uh, for someone to say, "Hey, this person is is exposing too much about the uh, CIA," right? And uh, what was it? Freedom Airlines? Was that the one? Air America? Yeah, that was it. that's right. Mm -hmm. I think it was Air, mm -hmm. Air America. So this person is getting too close to the truth about Air America and the CIA and the drug trade. So let's smear them as a conspiracy theorist and let's, spread, let's say they believe in all these other crazy things. I don't know. I mean, factions of the U.S. government spread conspiracy theories about the election, right? In, in recent years, uh, I, I don't have specific proof. This would need to be more of an episode, I think, for us to dive in and say, here are the following examples of when someone tried to cover up something true with something that seems kind of bonkers or distracting, you know, like ask yourself this when you see um, so-called conspiratorial investigations on television or, you know, on your streaming platform of choice. How come they talk about, like, hunting ghosts? How come they talk about hunting Bigfoot? There's room for that, but why aren't they talking about lobbying? Why aren't they talking, you know what I mean? Why aren't they talking about ongoing COINTELPRO ops or assassinations? 
it's because that stuff's true. Yeah, and also, like, fantasy is easier to indulge in. I mean, not to say that all that stuff's fantasy, but, like, I mean, it's a lot easier to... I don't know, it, it's, it's, less, it's less depressing. It doesn't hit as close to home, and it's more of... It's entertainment as opposed to education. It requires less of a... Less active viewing and participatory, you know, listening and viewing. Like, it's just like, oh, I just lay back and watch this, these, these kooky, you know, ghost hunters get spooked in the dark, as opposed to having to learn about how lobbying works and why it's so insidious and all of the ins and outs. And it can just, you know, it can take you down some rabbit holes that maybe are uncomfortable. So people would rather stay complacent. Adam Conover's doing cool stuff on that show, The G Word on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with former President Barack Obama. Uh, also, uh, one of the big coups on that show was uh, gaining entrance to a meatpacking plant. Uh, those things are pretty locked down, uh, which I, I, I kind of assumed, but I wasn't aware of the extent of their security. And he makes a sandwich with the former president. But yeah, that's a, I, I, uh, I enjoyed that show. I haven't watched all of it. Well, we would love to, we'd love your help with this one, fellow conspiracy realist. A-Frame, you have written in about something that, um, that I think that we have thought about often over the years. So you're in the right place. And hopefully uh, our fellow listeners can help us find some specific examples. And we'll look to, and uh, hopefully we can make that an episode in the future, as well as an episode on Shot Spotter. Uh, so thank you, Chief. Thank you, Not a Tweaker. Thank you, A Frame. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, we can't wait for you to be a part of the show. We try to be easy to find online Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. MySpace, Ouija boards, vision boards, all, all kinds of boards, surfboards too, whatever, skateboards, uh, just fi find us there. We, uh, we look forward to hanging out. But if you say, hey, I don't sip the social meds or I have a condition, I'm very scared of boards in general, just the idea, planks, squeak me out, uh, then we got your back. There are many other ways to contact us. Why not give us a phone call? That's right. Our number is one eight three three stdwytk When you call in, please give yourself a cool nickname. We don't care what it is. That'll just help us identify you next time you call in. Uh, you've got three minutes. Say whatever you'd like. Just remember to let us know if we can use your name and voice on the air. And if you don't want to send us a voicemail, you can instead send us an email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 